What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Casual Big Ten Podcast. Today is Monday, September 11, 2023. My name's Kent Peterson. I'm the host of this show, and on today's show, we're going to discuss Mel Tucker. What's going on at Michigan State? We'll cover most of the games that took place this weekend. I'm going to skim through a few of them, and we will power rank all 14 of the Big Ten teams, 1 through 14. What's changed since last week? We're going to find out today on the show. But first, I wanted to get into what was up with me this weekend. So I tried to keep tabs on the Big Ten as much as I possibly could. I came home yesterday and rewatched as many games as I possibly could, but I still haven't seen quite all of them. I just didn't want to wait any longer to get an episode out today. Why did I miss so much, though? Well, I think I mentioned it last week on the show. If you've been following along, I got tickets to the Alabama versus Texas game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Shout out to my neighbor, Todd. Once again, we went down, we stayed in his RV at his friend Michael's house. Michael was an awesome guy. Uh, Went over to the game on Saturday. Um, Just an awesome experience. I know it's not Big Ten, so people might not care about this, but stadium was awesome. Um, I didn't love the setup, especially from this picture. I actually took this photo um, that I have on the screen here on YouTube. Didn't love how long it took to get to our seats. and um, But besides that, I thought the seats, even though we were pretty high up, great seats. The way the stadium is set up is different than some of the Big Ten stadiums I've been to because it kind of goes straight up and down. So it didn't feel like we were super far away, but awesome game. I was cheering for Texas um, because one of my other neighbors was also there and he graduated from Texas. He gave me a polo to wear. And the stands were just, uh, it was a ruckus environment. Let's just say that, especially after everyone had some uh, adult beverages in them, which I had quite a few, quite a few of those, as always. Um, But fun experience in that respect. But uh, like I said, couldn't keep as close tabs on the Big Ten games as I would have liked to. But one game that we were able to watch was on Friday night. We actually got down to Tuscaloosa to Michael's house, and we were able to keep a really close eye on this game, Illinois versus Kansas. Um, I was kind of vindicated in this game because I felt like last week I was talking a little bit about how I didn't think Illinois was that great. I had them power ranked at 13, and I was expecting them to lose this game. So not that I was... I kind of said it on the Bet Big episode. I was cheering against Illinois just because of all the shit I took on Twitter last week. Kind of wanted them to lose, but um, they did. I mean, Kansas was better than them. Their quarterback was all over them. The Illinois defense is just a mystery. It has been for both games so far, and things are not getting any better for them. They have Penn State next week. Can't remember where it's at. I think it's at Illinois. Let me just check real quick. Why not? Why not? We're not going to go very long today, Well, so we'll just check these things. All right, next week it is uh, Illinois versus Penn State, and I will find out where it's at. It's at Illinois, so... They got that little bit of an advantage, but Penn State just so damn good this year so far in their first two games. And the Illinois defense, like I said, I just think there's too many holes in it, and uh, they're going to get exposed by Penn State. I think it's going to be a big win for Penn State next week. We'll talk about that on the uh, Kickstart episode, and of course on Bet Big coming out on Friday. Um, Another game that we were able to watch, because the Alabama game wasn't until night, So we were able to uh, stay at the house we were at and awesome setup once again, by the way. We were outside the whole time. We were pre-gaming and uh, we watched Colorado, Nebraska. I got let down in this game. I was all over Nebraska. I thought that they were going to win this game. 
And uh, the way that it shook out for me from my perspective is I thought the defense played fine. I thought the defense played okay. Colorado's offense is a little bit better than I was expecting it to be. I thought that they were kind of getting a lot of publicity because they played TCU and they uh, did so well in that game. Uh, But Nebraska, I'll give them credit for this part. They stuck to the game plan. They had almost twice as many run plays as they did pass plays. And that's what you want to do when you have Jeff Sims. And speaking of Jeff Sims, my guy just can't stop throwing the ball to the other team or fumbling it. He's got way too many turnovers. I think it was in the second quarter of the Colorado game. They put up a stat that said he had six turnovers in six quarters of play. I thought it was seven on my count, but I guess I was wrong. I'd like to think Fox Sports has that information a little bit better than I do just in my head. But um, it's not all his fault, though. I feel like when I was watching this game especially, his wide receivers aren't getting open. I don't know if that's a play calling thing or if I just don't or if or if it's just they don't have the athletes on the outside that they need. But it can't all be Jeff Sims fault. It just can't all be his fault. Um, but anyways, it was mainly his fault in this game, even though I just said that it wasn't all his fault. You got to put some blame on the wide receivers. You got to put some blame on the offensive line. But Jeff also still has to hold on to the ball. I'm still not sure what Nebraska is yet because you look at their two losses and it was Minnesota, which we're not positive what we're getting out of them completely yet. They didn't really show us a ton in their game, which we'll talk about in, I think we're talking about that one. Maybe we're not, I'm not sure against Eastern Michigan. Um, And then what is Colorado exactly? They beat TCU, but now they beat Nebraska, who we don't know what they are even. So it's hard to really say what we're going to get out of Nebraska. The nice thing that they have for them is they have two very winnable games. I think it was like FAU, and I'm not going to look that up. But after, I think that they're going to go two and two to start their four games because I think they win their next two. But then you got Michigan coming to town, and then the Big Ten play starts. And I mean, even though they've already started it, I just, I don't know about Nebraska anymore. I had them pretty high in the preseason. I think I had them third or fourth in the Big Ten West, and I'm just not really believing in that now that I've seen their offense perform so poorly in the first two games. Nebraska's defense gets some credit, but they still gave up 400 yards in the air almost. So I'm not giving them as much, as many flowers as they think they might deserve. Uh, I thought the front seven of Nebraska played well. They really shut down the Colorado run game, but, you know, I've always said it. Did you win or did you lose? And Nebraska, you're, you've lost your first two now, so you got to start finding ways to win these games. Colorado 36, Nebraska 16 in this game. Or I'm sorry, 36-14. Yeah, we'll just see what Nebraska does in the next few weeks. Like I said, they got two weeks to prepare for Michigan, and we'll see if they can give them a run when they get to that game. All right, the first game that I watched when I got back from Alabama was Wisconsin and Washington State. I was really interested in this game because I wanted to see exactly how this whole thing played out because I didn't get to see it on Saturday. And here's what basically happened when I watched it back. The defensive backs for Wisconsin looked completely lost. Washington State, their quarterback, was his name? Cam, forgot his name now. Cam something. It's casual, Big Ten. I'm going to get some names eventually. It's a Washington State player, though. I'm not supposed to know him. Uh, but Cam was sitting that back in the pocket. He was, anytime he got any pressure at all, he was taken off. He was running all over Wisconsin. But what I saw in the first half, though, was the defensive backs for Wisconsin were freaking lost. 
They ran a double pass in the first quarter, I think it was, maybe early second quarter. And it was the most telegraphed play I've ever seen. I've seen it in junior high, high school, and I've seen it defended in college a million times. Wisconsin looked like it was the first time they had ever seen this. There wasn't anybody within 25 yards of the receiver. It felt like it might have been a little bit closer than that. Um, they get a touchdown on that play uh, right before halftime. This is kind of when the game broke down. You thought Mordecai gets sacked. Uh, Washington State picks up the fumble. Defense comes out, and they're they're in a really bad position because Washington State is about to score. And the defense gets a huge stop right there. Okay, Wisconsin gets the ball back. I think Washington State missed the field goal. Wisconsin gets the ball back, comes back out. Mordecai, sack fumble this time. Washington State picks it up at like the three-yard line and just falls into the end zone. And at that point in the game, I believe it was 24-6. to Wisconsin drives down the field, gets a field goal right before halftime. And then in the second half, they started climbing back into it. They got a couple of touchdowns. Uh, they failed on a two-point conversion that would have tied the game. But in the end, Washington State was able to score again. They end up winning the game. Let me make sure I get this score right. Wisconsin and Washington State. You would think I'd put that in my notes, but I didn't. They end up winning it 31-22. to And like I said, it was the fumbles right before halftime that they couldn't. They Those are drives right there that you don't score points on. And when you fumble, especially right next to your own end zone and just give them a free touchdown and then you lose by 11 or 9, man, you can't do that. You can't do that on the road against a decent team, and that's exactly what Wisconsin did. Too many unforced errors uh, and not enough offense in this game. I didn't see – I think Braylon Allen had a really bad game. I, I was just on another podcast, and we were talking about Braylon Allen. Cam Ward was the quarterback's name, by the way. It feels like Ches Malusi might be getting a couple more carries because he's been running the ball a little bit better. At least in this game, I thought he did. Uh, but Wisconsin loses the game. They're dropping down in my uh, power rankings. All right. Game I still haven't watched yet. I'm going to, but I can't go the whole episode without mentioning this. I've been so jacked about Northwestern pretty much all offseason for no reason other than that I just want them to win some games. They won the game. They won the game. 38-7, to seven, was it? Man. I'm really getting back to my roots here by not writing very many notes and just scrolling CBS for the scores. They're all out of order, I feel like, too. All right, 38-7, to seven, Ben Bryant. Big Ben Bryant. 116 and a touchdown. Cam Porter had 17 rushes for 90 yards. Where did they get all their points at, then? All right, if Ben Bryant scores, throws one touchdown. Can I click on the box score? Ben Bryant throws one touchdown. Cam Porter had 90 yards and no touchdowns. Let's see who scored. Lausch. Okay, a rushing touchdown. Uh, let's see. There's the touchdown pass. Oh, Ben Bryant rushed for a touchdown. Okay. Holinsky. Wait, what the hell? Hold on. Holinsky passing numbers one for one, 85 yards and a touchdown. Huh? What was he doing in the game? What's going on? And then A.J. Henning rushed for one, and then Olsen kicked a field goal. What? This is breaking news for me. Holinsky also had a rush for two yards. 
Did Ben Bryant get knocked out for a minute? I got to go back and watch this now. But, hey, doesn't matter how it happened. A win is a win. And when you're over under for the season is 2.5, you're damn near halfway there, baby. Kind of. One-third of the way there if you're trying to get the over. Uh, congratulations to Northwestern, though. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, some teams that I'm not proud of because they don't play anybody is Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. All offseason been talking about how they're the best three teams in the Big Ten East. Um, I didn't watch a single one of their games. I had the Ohio State game on for like five minutes. It's boring. Um, I didn't think that th I'm going to be a fully transparent right here. I'm just box score watching. I get accused of that a lot. I just did it with Northwestern, and I'm doing it with these three teams too. But, hey, like I said, I was at a different game this weekend. I didn't get a chance to watch all these yet. Maybe I should have waited. But it's already Monday. I got to get these episodes out. Um, I wasn't really impressed with – ooh, I got some, got some sweat. I forgot to mention this. Anybody watching on YouTube, I'm going to get my thoughts collected here in a second. My air conditioner, while I was out of town this weekend, stopped working upstairs. So right now I'm sitting in my office. It's like 78 degrees in here. So my Gus Johnson shirt is accumulating some pit stains on it. But that's okay. We're going to persevere. Um, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, they haven't played anybody. The Michigan and Ohio State scores were identical, which was weird. It was 35-7. to 7. And then uh, Penn State won 63-7, to seven, I think it was. Um, not impressed by any of them. It was Delaware, Youngstown State, and UNLV. None of those games are impressive. Uh, all three of those teams are still in my top three in the power rankings, but they haven't played anybody, and it's not their fault, except for if you're blaming them for the schedule. So uh, that's all I'm going to talk about this one. Purdue and Virginia Tech. Also, the fourth game now that I'm talking about that I didn't get to watch. Purdue and Virginia Tech, I watched bits and pieces of the highlights of this. The reason I actually was trying to watch this game because I had a minute or I had a time uh, slot window here right before the Alabama game where I could have watched this game because this game was supposed to start at 11 a.m. where I was, I believe. And it got rain delayed so much that I wasn't able to get it back on by the time that they started playing. We were already heading downtown to the game, so I missed it. But... uh again, Purdue with Nebraska, I just don't know what we're getting out of them yet. I heard Maccabee had a good game. Uh, Hudson Card has been playing really well. Uh, and we'll see if the defense can hang on to what they did in this Virginia Tech game going forward. Let's take a peek at who they're playing next week because I am interested in that. Purdue had that tough game against Fresno where they scored a bunch, but they couldn't get stops. They play Virginia Tech. They win the game by seven. It was 24 to 17. And then next week, let's see what they're doing next week. Where's Purdue next week? Where's Purdue next week? It's your new favorite segment. Where's Purdue next week? Syracuse at home. Purdue is two and a half point underdogs. Why is the line out for that already? It's only Monday. That's going to change. I think people are going to come in on Purdue. That's going to switch by the time we record Bet big coming out on Friday. Um, but happy for Purdue that they won that game. That was a big win for them. Um, and I'm just glad we beat a team from the ACC because screw them. All right, Iowa, Iowa State. I was pretty spot on with this game. I knew they were going to win this game. I said they were going to win by 10. They won by 7. The final score was... <laughs> Can't I find any scores? What the hell is wrong with me today? Week 2, where's it at? Iowa... Here it is, 20 to 13. 
All right. Uh, they won by seven. Uh, ho hum game. It was a, actually, you know what? It wasn't a ho hum game unless you're an Iowa fan because this was a classic Iowa game. Classic Iowa game. This is one I did get to watch back, by the way. Blocked field goal in the first quarter. You have a defensive touchdown. You have somebody that you've never heard of before. Patterson, I believe, was a freshman running back come in. Had some awesome runs. And to me, the the big question mark for Iowa has been the question mark it's been since last year. But now it's getting it's getting magnified for me just because I think maybe I'm watching a little bit closer. Why are we not scoring more points in Iowa? Is it strictly the play calling? Is Brian Ferentz that bad at calling plays? They got some decent wide receivers. They got apparently now two great running backs. They got Caleb Johnson, and now they got this Patterson kid. You have a quarterback that already won a Big Ten championship, which, by the way, he was on Twitter and he said, I'm not used to teams scoring on defense, which I thought was funny because he played for Michigan. They used to do pretty well on defense as well. But just what's going on, though? Yeah, Cade, you got the running backs, you got wide receivers, your defense is scoring points for you still, so you're already set up in really good positions all the time. Score the ball. Score some touchdowns. I'm getting sick of this. Uh, like I said, never betting an over in an Iowa game until I absolutely have to. All right, those were the games that I wanted to talk about. The only one that I didn't put on here that I do want to mention really quickly was uh, Rutgers. They didn't really play anybody great. In fact, I forgot who they played already, but uh, Roman Hemby. Huge game for them. I think he had 163-ish yards, and then he caught for uh, 55 more. Did I write this down in my notes? I guess I didn't. I thought I wrote that down. Am I talking? About, am I mixing up Rutgers and Maryland again? I am. Why do I always think Hemby plays for Rutgers? The red teams, man. Okay, Maryland is who I wanted to mention. I apologize, Maryland fans. Hemby did have a great game, though. I do have it written down. 162. He had 55 receiving yards. Um, and this was, like I said, another game that I was able to watch back. The 162 was like the minimal amount of yards he could have had. There was like four or five plays where he was breaking away and he either slipped or he barely got tackled, like shoestring tackles. He could have easily went over 200 this game if he just broke a couple of more of those. Uh, Maryland's defense... They give up a big play in the first, and then they uh, didn't let him score but six points the rest of the game, so I think Maryland's pretty good. Forgot to write that one on my uh, sidebar, but keep an eye on Maryland still. I like Maryland. All right, let's bring up the power rankings. Let's do it. Tweeted it out late last night. Wasn't expecting a lot of interactions. I think it's got over 10,000 views once again. People freaking love power rankings. Once again, just like last week, I, I did this last night just off the seat of my pants. I'm not putting a ton of thought into this. Did you win? Did you lose? And if you have the same record as someone else, what did your win or loss look like? Was it against a good team or was it against a trash team? Did you lose to a trash team? I have Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. That's probably not going to change until one of them plays each other, I'm guessing. I don't think Minnesota did anything to lose their fourth spot, so I left them there. I'm, put, I'm bringing Maryland up to number five, Rutgers up to number six. I dropped Iowa back down to number seven because they can't freaking score. Michigan State, 2-0, and but you have zero coaches now. So, I mean, I shouldn't say zero. I guess they're bringing some coaches in. I simply dropped Michigan State because uh, – 
Mel Tucker is disgusting. And I didn't even talk about this on that that this episode. Maybe I'll get to it after this. Um, Purdue, I still have below Michigan State because they're one and one right now. Wisconsin and Purdue. This was the tough spot for me, nine and ten for this. Wisconsin may be higher than Purdue. They lost to a really good team. But the way that I looked at it was that Purdue, look at their wins though. Buffalo and Virginia Tech. Now, the Mac apologists, who I seem to have like millions of them following me, will say, well, Buffalo's actually a tougher win. Okay. I disagree. I think an ACC team, Virginia Tech, on the road is a better win than Buffalo. So that's why I put Purdue ahead of Wisconsin. Illinois, I dropped them down because they lost to Kansas and because they keep talking mean to me online. They're being mean to me, Mom. Um, and then Northwestern, out of the basement. They got a win. I got to put them above Nebraska, who is winless at number 14. So that's kind of how I looked at it. All right. Those were my power rankings. I said I was going to talk about this, so I'm just going to do it really briefly like for like a minute. Mel Tucker's disgusting. He's been suspended by the university. If you want to read exactly what he did, there's some pretty de- like nasty details on the USA Today article that came out. I also talked about it a little bit more at length on The Big Ten Huddle. Uh, it's a podcast. It's also on YouTube by my buddy JR. And uh, I went a little bit more in depth. I don't want to keep talking about this. It's embarrassing for Michigan State. I said on his podcast that it was embarrassing for the administration. And literally 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes after I got done recording, it came out that uh, the Michigan State administration was not privy to the details of the investigation until Saturday night. So they acted very quickly. I kind of have to redact that statement that I made about the administration. But I also, (laughs) just on a side note, I kind of blame them because the way the story came out, it made it sound like their administration has been the one that's doing the investigation. Turns out it was a private Title IX investigation that was going going on. So um, listen, he's not completely fired yet. There was a lot of tweets going out. In fact, I even quote tweeted because there were so many reputable Twitter accounts that were saying he was indeed fired. But according to what I read, the athletic director said he's not fired yet, but he has coached his last game at Michigan State. Um, And it's just a technicality at this point. He will be fired in early October and he will not be paid his payout. This is a tremendous bag fumble. I said it yesterday on the show I was on. He's losing out on like $70, $80 million because he wanted to um, be in a relationship with the person who is the spokesperson for the university on sexual assault. So if I'm dating that person just from a, I mean, think about it, Mel. Think about who you're dating. Um, I'd be really careful around that person. And he decided that he didn't want to be very careful. And now he's jobless and he deserves it. And, uh, I feel bad for the Michigan state players, especially because I didn't think that they were going to be very good this year and starting out so far, their defense has been really impressive. I think they're like fifth in the country in sacks right now, which I get their opponents and all that, but, um, I, I'm going to take his picture down cause I don't even want to look at him anymore. Um, I feel bad for the players because they're off to a pretty good start. And then this week is arguably, it's definitely their hardest non-conference week to prepare for. And the players 
hopefully they're not answering questions about this. Hopefully no one's like trying to get a hold of the players to talk to them about this situation because this has nothing to do with them. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, I hope that they can rally. In fact, I think out of all the Big Ten teams going into this weekend, I'm cheering the most for Michigan State because it's the same th- same way I felt about Northwestern going into the year. The players are the ones that get hurt, and uh, the adults who are supposed to be the responsible ones are the ones fucking up all the time, and it pisses me off. Um, let's get some better coaches. <laughs> let's get some guys that want to actually coach football. All right. Uh, last thing, real quick. Like I've been talking about all day, we have uh, Bet Big coming out on Friday. I'm going to keep advertising it because it's my show and it's with my friends. And last week, we gave y'all some winners. All three of us did. Wilson, 11 and 9 last week. Brad, 12 and 8. And of course, your boy was 13 and 7 in week two. If you want some winners, you need to come to the casual Big Ten podcast and you need to just watch the show. I was going to say you need to follow what we say. Don't follow what we say, though. We're not professionals. This is not professional gambling advice, anything that we say. Um, but it's it's for entertainment purposes only and always bet responsibly. Um, so come back on Friday and check all that out. Uh, I will be back on Wednesday with a kickstart episode to go through all the games that are taking place this week. And, uh, we're back in it, baby. It's feeling great. It's feeling great. Once again, I had a weekend where I was pretty busy. So I'm up against the clock on Monday trying to get this episode out, but there's no better time of year for football when you're just, you're talking about football. You're talking about what happened. Then the next couple days, you're talking about what's going to happen this week. What are we going to see this week? It's the mystery. Of all the teams that we have, it's the greatness of all the top teams that we have. It's the, it's not the scandals. We don't love that. We'd like that to stop. Um, my music hasn't been working very good on the last few episodes, so I think I'm going to punt on that this week. And uh, I'll just say we will see you guys on Wednesday. We will see you guys on Friday. Go Big Ten. I hope all your teams are always winning, and uh, we'll see you in the future.